Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Alfred Woodfox spent more than 40 years in solitary confinement in prison for a wrongful murder conviction. That's 40 years of spending 23 hours a day in a cell where if he spoke up about his conditions, he'd be beaten up or tortured. After he was released, he wrote this memoir called Solitary, detailing his decades of claustrophobia, panic attacks, and just the amount of sweat he'd shed pacing inside the cell. Woodfox died in early August after complications from COVID, so we wanted to play for you this interview he did with NPR Scott Simon about his book back in 2019. It's a tough listen, but there are some glimmers of hope. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. Albert Woodfox joins us now from the studios of WWNO in New Orleans, and I want to ask him to read a paragraph from the new book that he's written with Leslie George. It's called Solitary. Mr. Woodfox. I pace the cell to think. I pace to relieve tension. I lightly box the walls. My knuckles have calluses on them from boxing the wall. I do push-ups on my fists. I don't have deep thoughts. I'm practical. I get through the day the way I have done a thousand times. Will this be the day I break? I push that thought away. Mind over matter, I keep moving so later I can sleep sometimes. Albert Woodfox served more than 40 years in solitary confinement in Louisiana's Angola prison for a crime he says he didn't commit the murder of corrections officer Brent Miller. Mr. Woodfox was already serving time at Angola for armed robbery and believes he and another inmate were set up because of their prison activism as members of the Black Panther Party. His conviction for Brent Miller's murder was overturned twice, each time the state indicted him again. He was finally set free in 2016 after a plea deal to lesser charges. Albert Woodfox says the self-discipline instilled in him by his mother helped him through those decades alone in his cell. I spent a lot of time reading, writing, uh, self-education. Uh, I, I used the time to uh, teach myself uh, both criminal and civil law. And uh, we lived on what we we call an organized tier, along the principles of uh, the Black Panther Party, uh, mm-hmm. developing unity. Among the guys on the tier, we we taught guys how to read and write, which, you know, I think was my greatest achievement. Mr. Woodfox, how how often were you gassed? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, gas was a standard uh, form of uh, weapons that the security people use. So anytime you challenge uh, inhumane treatment or you challenge unconstitutional conduct, they would gas you, you know, and depending on the severity of of the confrontation, they would open up your cell and they would come in and beat you down and then, uh, you know, shackle you and bring you to the dungeon and uh, you probably would stay there a minimum of 10 days. The fact that I was involved 
and organizing a lot of protests against, you know, along with Herman and, and Robert. Friends of yours, fellow inmates who were in at the same time. Yeah, the other two men that made, uh, you know, made up uh, what's called the Angola Tree. They made it very possible for me to survive decades in solitary confinement. And not just to survive, but, you know, to, to develop myself into a better person, a better a human being, a better man. And we, Harmon and I, established the only recognized chapter of the Black Panther Party in a prison. And when Officer Miller was found uh, stabbed to death, uh, we became the, uh, the primary target of, uh, of the administration and the security people. Mr. Woodfox, did you have problem with closed-in spaces? Yeah, I mean, I have problems even now. You know, yeah. I still have claustrophobic attacks. If there's a solution for claustrophobic, uh, I, you know, for me it was the pacing. You know, you get this urge uh, when 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 these attacks first occur. You know, you feel like the atmosphere is closing on you. You feel like the very skin on your body is is compressing and like you you know you feel like you're smothering so you know uh you fight not to panic you know i mean for me that was the key you know not to panic and you know over the decades you know i mean i've there have been times and particularly during the summer months when i've had attacks and i've walked up and down my cell uh and there were a, a puddle a water from the from the front of the cell to the back of the cell from me sweating, you know, yeah. and you just pace, you know, and there have been times when, you know, the, the attacks last, you know, four or five minutes, and there have been times when they last for hours and hours, you know. Over the years, uh, Brent Miller's widow, Teeny, became convinced you couldn't have been the person who murdered her husband, right? Yes, when I got out, I had an opportunity to sit down with her and, you know, have dinner and, and meet with her and her daughter. And, uh, it, you know, our hearts always did go out to uh, Miss Rogers because, you know, we knew that she was not being told the truth. You know, all of the evidence that pointed to, to someone else uh, killing um, uh, Brent Miller, she was never made aware of that to my understanding. And, uh, but once, you know, uh, our investigators and stuff, you know, talk to her and give her all the facts, then on her own, she come to the conclusion that, you know, we had been uh, wrongfully convicted for the death uh, of her husband, you know, mm-hmm. and she became an ardent supporter for our freedom, you know. This seems like such a naive question, but how, how are you doing now? I'm doing okay. You know, I mean, I, I just celebrated my 72nd birthday and my three-year uh, anniversary of freedom. You know, as I say, since I've been out, I've been there and I had an opportunity to speak across America uh, and, and outside America. And, you know, uh, one of the things that the three of us promised and, and, and made a vow to is that when we went free, that we would be the voice and the face of the men and women and children that hidden behind the walls of prisons in this country. So that's, you know, what we are trying to do now. And, of course, we are trying to end the use of solitary. Uh, you know, solitary confinement uh, is, the, is the most cruel form of torture. Albert Woodfox's new memoir, Solitary. Thank you so much for being with us. 
Thank you for having me. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.